0: So glad to be here, glad for all the people who are praying for me as this week goes on and I was talking to, we had a group up here and I was talking about how it isn't just me who comes up here and preach, it's those prayers involved as I prepare and I just say that in case it's really bad that you guys are somewhat at fault. So if you don't mind, please stand and we're going to praise God for either something he's done or who he is. I'm going to read Psalm 27 today, and I may have probably already read that at least three times within the last year, but I just really like this one. The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life, on whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, the only thing I do seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord, to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me on high upon a rock then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me at his sacred tent i will sacrifice the shouts of the lord or shouts of joy i will sing and make music to the lord hear my voice when i call lord be merciful to me and answer me my heart says to you seek his face your face lord i will seek do not hide your face from me Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God my Savior. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desires of my foes. For false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations I remain confident in this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart. And wait for the Lord. We're going to go ahead and say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. All right, let's praise the Lord.
1: Please i
2: In Matthew twenty-six, eighteen through thirty, we read about Jesus' last meal with his disciples, and he gave thanks and gave them the bread, saying, Take and eat this, is my body. Then gave thanks and gave them the cup, saying, Drink from it all of you. This is my blood which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin. In churches, we call this the Lord's Supper. It replaces the Jewish Passover. Christ is our Passover lamb. We no longer need the blood of the lamb on an altar, for by faith we receive the benefits of the blood of Christ. He is our lamb, the spotless lamb of God, and we take the bread and cup in remembrance of his sacrifice. Father, we thank you so much for your praise, your glory, and your love. We ask you to bless this bread and this cup as we take it in the name of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice, for it's in his name we pray, amen. Amen.
3: Now is the time in the service for announcements. Um, Your bulletins today are pink. Um, On the front of it has a QR code. If you scan that with your phone, it will bring up the church website, which allows you to listen to past sermons, um, send prayer requests, see the calendars, lots of different things on there. If you haven't been on there already or you're not familiar with using a QR code, let me know, I'd be happy to help you. Um, Also, if you're new here or if you've been here a few times and want to let us know more about you or you want to know more about the church, we do have welcome cards out on the welcome table. When you're done completing that, you can put it in the offering box, um, and someone will get back to you. Uh, Pill bottle collections, um, we take empty pill bottles um, and send them over to Matthew 25. They use them for lots of things to keep them dry as they're shipping things or medical supplies across wherever they need to go. Um, it helps support local and global ministries. Ink cartridge collection: bring those in, don't throw them away. It helps us reduce um, costs of office supplies here for like paper, ink, um, lots of different things. So, worship team practice is the first Monday of the month at 7 p.m. All singers, musicians, and sound techs, please come. That is tomorrow night. Uh, refit free dance fitness class: Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, 6:30 to 7:30. <laughs> Come and try to find a spot. <laughs> Men's night is the first Wednesday of the month. That is this week also, correct? Yes. Um, 6 to 8 p.m. here at the church. If you are a man, a man, or a guy, <laughs> you are welcome. Food and fellowship, this is for the whole family. No age requirement here. Uh, it is the third Wednesday of the month at 6 to 8 p.m. And there is a sign-up sheet at the welcome table. Empty Nesters, studying the book of Colossians, they will resume March 7th. So we're just giving you ladies a heads up. Um, it is going to be Thursdays at 10 a.m. at Ruth Liming's house. If you have questions about it, want to partake in it, contact Sharon Pawnshot, um by Sunday, February 18th. And this is Sharon up here in the red. She'll get the books ordered. Um, the church does cover the cost of the books. <laughs> you got a little crowd going. <laughs> Uh, Food pantry closed closets every Thursday, 5 to 7 p.m. Donations can be dropped off here at the church during the food pantry time or Sunday after service. The list there is most frequently needed items if you would like to donate the food itself. When people come to the pantry, sometimes they start off coming for physical food. They end up serving and getting a lot more out of it. Not that that's required. There's nothing required of them. But, you know, people come and ask for prayers. not even something we have to offer, but we do. Um, and so you know people are seeking. The Lord is stirring things up in not just Goshen, but in the whole county. So people are coming for food. They come for clothes. They come for community. We also have um, what's called Loads of Love, which is a laundromat ministry. So that may be new to you, but we do. If people have their washers are down, their electrics out, um, their funds are low. Whatever it is, we help supply them with, whether it's detergent or um, paying for their laundromat services. It's trying to help people get forward. So that's what we're about. Um, breakfast fellowship first Sunday of the month, which was today, 9:30 a.m. Breakfast is better when we eat together. Woo, woo. <laughs> <laughs> Valentine's Day. Um, we are. This is like our third year doing this, first responders appreciation. So if you wanna bring in a personal card or a note, um, treats, they could be homemade, they can be packaged candy, whatever it is. Um, we will finalize that next Sunday, February 11th, and then we'll be delivering them. I will have a big poster next week. Tina's gonna help encourage every pe- everyone to just sign that. You don't have to make a big message. Just sign your name and we'll, we'll take it over to the police and the fire department here in Goshen. Sean Smith, starring in Brother Love's Traveling Salvation Show. We had it here at Heartland, and they are offering at one of the sister churches, Loveland Christian Church, Saturday night, February 17th. They will have soup at 6 p.m., and the show begins at 7. It's really funny, and the music is really good. And we do have some of our people in... Yeah, (laughs) it has its funny parts. Comedy kind of show, yeah. Go support the show. Some of our um, members here are also involved in the show, so go and have a good time. Weekly budget is listed here with some of the ministries that you support through your giving at Heartland. Ways to give are in person. The offering boxes in the back of the church and online at the website. You can give a one-time gift. You can give recurring gifts, um, whatever you feel like um, you would like to give. Um, now is time for the meet and greet, and any kids can go downstairs for children's church. Thank you. So, uh,
0: this week I was meditating on what to talk about, and I feel like God led me in a direction of a in particular topic. This is a topic that a lot of people are interested in. A topic a lot of people like to think about, except when they're in church. And that topic is money. There's a lot of topics I thought about. I could have talked about faith. You know, Jesus spoke about faith a lot. Often he would heal somebody and he would tell them it's because of their faith. Or there were times where he didn't heal as many people and he said it was because of their lack of faith. You know, that would make faith a pretty important topic, right? But Jesus talked about money more than he talked about faith and prayer combined. So I would like to be transparent with you guys as much as I can. So I think I should tell you guys my projected salary here at Heartland Church. And I'm going to tell you there's at least six zeros involved. Kevin, can you put my salary up? (laughs) So, yes, that's a lot of zeros, isn't it? Especially, you know, sometimes it's important how many are in front of the decimal point. Of course, I'm joking about that. You know, you're normally never told to tell anybody what you make, but I think in this case it's okay. Um, Heartland people have tried to, to pay me, so it's not that they're underpaying me, and there's nothing wrong with being a minister who gets paid. In fact, it's biblical to do so. But I had my own convictions on why not to be paid. And one of my concerns is there's this little demonic voice that wants to whisper in people's ears and say, that guy up there speaking to you, all he wants is your money. And I want you to know I don't gain anything by you giving to the church your money, except joy knowing that you want to follow Jesus. Even though I know some people don't like to talk about this, I have to because I will be judged on what I teach. In fact, James said that not all should become teachers because those who teach will be judged by God stricter than those who don't teach. So I better not skip on a topic that Jesus pushed on so hard. Before I get started, let's go ahead and pray. Father in heaven, I just pray that you open up our hearts to receive whatever it is you want to teach us. I pray that your spirit would move in this place. Because it's not the power of my words, it's not the power of me being a skilled speaker, because we know that's, that's not doing anything. I just pray that your spirit would move in me and all the people, that we would come in one accord, ready to hear whatever you say, and be ready to be moved by you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So I want to start out in a conversation between a man and Jesus. So, please find Luke 12, 13 through 15. And when you find it, please stand for the reading of God's word. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, Who appointed me to be judge or arbiter between you? Then he said to them, Watch out. Be on guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in abundance of possessions. You may be seated. So Jesus is in a crowd like he often was when he taught. And this guy asked Jesus to help him with his rightful portion of his inheritance. Or at least that's the way the guy was presenting it. And I want us to notice that Jesus doesn't even address whether it was right for that guy to receive inheritance. What Jesus does address is greed. I think greed is one of those sins that we don't take serious often. How often do you think about, oh no, I'm going to be tempted by greed. Has anybody been concerned about the temptation of greed this week? With sexual immorality, you might say, oh no, I could be tempted by that. I better get an accountability partner or limit my access to the internet. Murder, you can't even picture yourself doing that. Well, at least I hope not. We forget that greed is categorized with those sins. And why is that? Because greed is a part of the Ten Commandments. Remember, it says, thou shalt not covet. And the Greek word for greed means more having. This is the opposite of being content. Apparently, the guy that approached Jesus already had enough to live on. And Jesus warned us about pursuing an abundance of possessions. Now, we fast forward from Jesus' time to ours now. And what do we see here in the country of America? We see a country of abundance. Sometimes it's hard to relate to these teachings of Jesus that were taught when people weren't nearly as rich as we are. So let's keep that in mind as we read this next verse. It's found in Matthew 6:25. Therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat, Or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Jesus is instructing us not to worry about the necessities. He is not talking about the cable bill or the extra car. What do we worry about? Uh, We don't worry and say, oh no, we don't have clothes. These days, we worry we don't have clothes that we want to wear. Or, I want to wear different clothes than what I have. We usually don't worry about food, we worry about what will taste good. He is not talking about the things of abundance, he's talking about the necessities in this part of Scripture. Jesus goes on to tell us that even the birds and the grass are taken care of. How much more will our Father in heaven take care of his own kids? So we can count on God to take care of our needs. So what is God's design to take care of His children? Well, we'll go a little bit deeper into that later. So why does God not want us to worry about those things? He wants us to put our energy in becoming righteous kids of the kingdom. And we see this a few verses down in Matthew 6, and 34. But seek first the kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow, tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Stress over money gets in the way of us seeking God. We need to be aware of when we worry because it can hinder our relationship with God. Also, we have to be aware of worrying about not just necessities, but our abundance. Jesus teaches us this parable about a man who worried too much about abundance. And we see this in Luke 12, 16 through 21. And he told him this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barn and build bigger ones. rich towards God. So we read this and we see this warning to those who are rich. And in this parable the rich are those who have abundance. And the warning is this guy was not rich towards God. And we have to look at our lives and the first thing we have to ask ourselves is do we have abundance? I would say most of us have abundance. I'd say the majority of us here, even in Little Goshen, are rich. If there's a question on whether you think you're rich, ask yourself, when is the last time I couldn't eat because I didn't have enough money? Ask yourself, do I have a place to live? Do I have clothes to wear? Anything over our necessities is abundance. And there was this time where I couldn't work for six months and I had to Depend on food pantries and government assistance. And my mommy, my mommy had to help me. And I'm thankful for that. And there's nothing wrong with that. So I don't want anybody to think I'm belittling people that don't have abundance. And I know it's tough. And if that's you, I just hang in there. And you can rely on God to provide. But there is a greater question Are we rich toward God? Listen to what Jesus says about abundance, and this is found in Luke 12, 32-34. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father is pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourself that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So let me ask you this. Have you ever sold a possession so that you could give to somebody? I'll be honest, I can't ever think of a time that I have. In this verse, as I read it, it was very convicting to me. And probably most of us, including myself, need to take a closer look in the mirror. We need to ask, are we doing what Jesus wants us to do? I know when we think of the poor, we think of a lot of people in America who just choose not to work. But in context back then, people were so poor that they died. They couldn't afford to have food. Jesus says, when we follow this, we will get purses that will never wear out. Hopefully he's got mercies for us guys or something more manly than that. But the important thing is, is when we work for those riches in heaven, it will last forever. Not like the guy who built an extra barn for his abundance. Jesus is telling us we should invest in God's kingdom instead of building our own. It's easy in this culture to get caught up in building our own kingdom. The key, according to Jesus, is where our hearts are. If our hearts are all about loving God and loving people, then how can we take all our energy in building a kingdom for ourselves? How can I work extra overtime to spend only on my pleasure? God wants us to be excited about investing in his kingdom. How can I be thinking of or how can we be thinking of ourselves when we get to invest in an investment that pays dividends that will never fade? Think about these parables found in Matthew thirteen forty four through 46. The kingdom of heaven is like a hidden, a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy, he went and sold all he had and bought that field. And then directly after another parable, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away, sold everything he had, and bought it. When we realize the value of the treasure in heaven, what it, does it do to the value of the things of this world? The mindset we're supposed to have is nothing compares to this mission of giving. Jesus gives us another parable about this mission. And this is found in Matthew 25, 14-30. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. The one he gave five bags of gold and another two bags, and the another one a bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five more bags. So also the one with two bags, of gold gained two more but the man who had received one bag went off dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money after a long time long that's that's key after a long time the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them the man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five master he said "'You entrusted me with five bags of gold. "'See, I have gained five more.' "'His master replied, "'Well done, good and faithful servant. "'You have been faithful with a few things, "'and I will put you in charge of many things. "'Come and share in your master's happiness.' "'Then the man with two bags of gold also came. "'Master,' he said, "'you entrusted me with two bags of gold. "'See, I have gained you two more.' "'His master replied, "'Well done,' Good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share with your, master, with your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid, and I went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. You knew I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put money on deposit with the banker so then when I return, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of the gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has, will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have, will be taken away from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of the teeth. So the first thing is, who is the master? Well, in this parable, our master is Jesus. He is our Lord. Lord means master. Master. He is the one who gives us money. He's given us so much. He's entrusted us with so much. And he gives according to our abilities. He doesn't want to overwhelm us with work. Jesus wants us to invest our money in the kingdom. The little amount of gold is nothing compared to the happiness we will share with our master. We are given the opportunity to invest while our master is away. Our hope is in Jesus' return. There was one servant who did not carry out the mission of the master. This servant got thrown out of the kingdom. I want that to sink in, that you could be inside the kingdom and be thrown out for being lazy or refusing to do what the master says. The tone in this parable is there is this expectation for us to carry out the work of Jesus. Have you ever heard that we are the body of Christ? Have you, have you ever heard that we are the hands and the feet of Jesus? This is that same mentality. Jesus chose us to carry the mission while we wait for His return. He is coming back and it may be in our lifetime, it may not be. It may be our, the younger generation under us that carry the torch. But either way, we should carry on his work while we wait for the master. And Jesus continues on more details about this investment. So picking back up in Matthew 25, uh, starting in 31, when the Son of Man comes into his glory, with all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people One from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And just remember, goats is not a good thing, it's not the greatest of all time. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or feed you, or thirsty, and give you something to drink? When did you see a stranger invite you in? We're needing clothing and clothes you. When did we see you sick or in prison or go to visit you? Then the king will reply, Truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me. You are cursed into eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or stranger, or need clothes, or sick, or in prison, and did not help you? He will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you do, or whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do it for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. This is as serious as it gets. I know there are many teachers out there that will tell you when it comes to judgment, you're okay as long as you believe what Jesus did on the cross. But I love you too much to hold this truth from you. We need to believe also just as much what Jesus said. Now, one of the questions is, who are the least of these? Well, you don't necessarily have to give to an organization in America. There are a lot of organizations overseas or who may even be in more need than we are here in the States. But there's nothing wrong with giving to people here in the States. Um, but it's not also just about clothing and food. Jesus mentions people in prison. He, we need to give to people who are spiritually poor. We should just be as concerned about mental and spiritual health as well. There are different organizations that you could sponsor a child. And I know in this church, we give clothes and food. There are tons of places that you can pray about giving. Sometimes this can be overwhelming, thinking, how can I get rid of this attitude of selfishness? Especially in the culture that we live. We are bombarded with influences that make us want to invest in ourselves. Well, there is an example of a power given to Christians so that they would give. This is found in 2 Corinthians 1, through 1-3. And now, brothers and sisters... We want you to know about the grace that God has given to the Macedonian churches. I'm proud of myself. I said that right. In the midst of this very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme, extreme poverty. Like, what does extreme poverty look like here? I mean, this is back then. Extreme poverty welled up into rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and beyond their ability. The same grace that's in Ephesians 2 that changes our attitudes and makes us no longer conform to the patterns of this world can give us grace beyond our own abilities to give. Let's believe that we can give even more than we have been giving. And I'm not just talking about the church. I want, when we're at the restaurant, to be extremely giving and let our servers know it's because the grace that God's given us to give. I want, when we run into people that have needs, that we would be willing to pull money directly out of our pockets and give it to them. This is about a lifestyle that Jesus wants us to live. God doesn't need our money, but we do need to give him ours. We need to speak to God and ask us to show us how much of our abundance we should dip into. Before we go and quit our jobs and sell everything we have, I do at least have a disclaimer out there. Make sure if you are the provider for your family, you continue providing. Paul says if we quit providing for our families, we're. Even worse than an unbeliever, and have denied the faith. God provides for us, and He's the one who makes sure we have what we need, but He also chose us to be the way that's done. He uses us. We are instructed to care and take care of those in need. And when we do, Jesus tells us it's like we are giving directly to Him. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I just pray. I pray that we would see your face. We would see the sadness whenever we decide to pass over opportunities to give to you. That we wouldn't give out of compulsion, but you would change our hearts. That we would have the same grace of that church in Macedonia. That we would give beyond our ability. Because without your grace, without your power, we're selfish. If we don't tap into you every day, we can live very selfishly. But it's your power, it's your strength that gives us the ability to give in a way that pleases you. So I just pray that you grant this for me and everyone here. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So before we conclude the service, I'm going to speak a blessing over you. And at the end of the service, the worship team will come up and play one last song. And as they're playing, you will have an opportunity to pray, either on your own or with one of us up here on the stage. And James says, is anyone among you sick? Let them call on the elders of the church to pray over them, anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make a sick person well. The Lord will raise them up, and if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. So let me go ahead and uh, do the Lord's blessing over you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: A good week.